With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining me, Abby Bonnell, on feedback is Leo Lucy, Chief of Criminal Investigations at the Utah Attorney General's Office. Thanks for joining me, Chief. We're discussing today a deeply disturbing increase in child sex crimes. Utah has one of the highest child pornography rates in the nation. The most vulnerable victims, children, are increasingly being targeted online by predators. It's extremely troubling, isn't it, Chief? It is, and law enforcement's trying to keep up with that trend with the training and the technology that we make available to our agents that uh, are focused specifically on those types of crimes taking place over the Internet. So how deep is the technical knowledge? They have to constantly be on the cutting edge to keep ahead of everything, especially when you're dealing with a criminal in this field when it comes to technology. Yes, they're, they're extremely highly trained. They train several weeks uh, a year. Um, part of the uh, challenge uh, for those officers and for managing those officers is the amount of training they have to get and the amount of time it takes them to become experts in that field. It's highly technical, uh, not normal policing, as we would say, over the last three decades, but that's certainly the, the trend and where we're headed in the future. A very specialized form of career within your department, certainly. I bet it's quite hard to find those skills, and as you say, it takes a lot of training. Yes, that's absolutely right. Just finding the people that have the uh, desire to, to get that type of ed additional education and training, and then um, the commitment to stay in that with the diff difficult subject matter and the uh, disturbing things they have to hear and see day in and day out. It's, it's certainly an area where... Uh, you have to find the right people with the right skills and and the right uh, aptitude to work those kinds of crimes. This is endless work, sadly, for you. The recent arrest of multiple suspects in Utah County, 13 suspects were arrested on charges ranging from attempted rape to aggravated child sex abuse. Certainly extraordinarily disturbing. The operation appears, though, just to be the tip of the iceberg. There's many more suspects, predators, lurking online. Yes, and, and there's been two additional arrests since that uh, came out. So I believe we're at 15. We may be at 16. I haven't heard back from them this morning, but I know they were out last night. They could work these cases uh, day in and day out, 365 days a year, um, 24 hours a day, and we still wouldn't um, be able to identify all the individuals that are trying to prey and uh, perpetrate over the Internet. Why is Utah one of the prime candidates as a state in the nation for this crime. We don't have what's certainly one of the largest populations. Where are, where are we failing? Um, I think part of it is the, the dynamic. Um, we have large families, a lot of, lot of young children, uh, high birth rates. Um, we also are a fairly trusting state. Um, people tend to not be as leery or cynical as in some other parts of the country and I think that makes them more vulnerable. You also have a highly educated population, um, large numbers of electronic devices in, in each each home. 
Um, so I think all those things contribute, and it, it's a national trend, certainly not unique to Utah, but we have more than our share. When it comes to profiling, is it impossible? A predator comes in all forms from an upstanding member of the community to the stranger that we're always a bit suspicious about maybe in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's one of the difficulties of, of the Internet and this particular type of crime. Um, there was a day where you, you may see certain individuals and identify them as potentially this or that um, with the anonymity of the Internet. Um, and why these individuals like to prey on the Internet. They can pretend to be and portray themselves as anything they want to be, and until that face-to-face -face contact between the suspect and the potential victim, um, there's really no way to know who you're dealing with at any time. One of the prime targets are really very young children, girls and boys, between the ages of 11 and 13. Am I right in saying that? Yes, but it does range from, um, well, if you, if you look at the possession of child pornography from infancy to up to 17-year-olds, this last um, operation we conducted, um, the, the suspects were definitely targeting that 11 to, to 15, 11, 13-year-old age range. What goes into an operation like that? Your agents invest, as you said, so much time looking and following and tracking these suspects and then they're luring them over the internet exploiting them with a purpose of sexual intent yeah so it's it's and it's not just our agency our task force consists of, of many many uh, state local and federal agencies throughout the state of utah and they were involved in this operation as well, we happen to host um, the task force and provide a bulk of the training for those task force members, but it's a multi-agency, state, local, and federal um, group that conducts these operations and, and actually conducts all the operations of the Internet Crimes Against Children's Task Force day in and day out. So these suspects are actually turning up in public places ultimately, clearly, to meet the victim. And this is where you move in with undercover officers who are posing as children and make the arrest. Correct. There has to be, for, for the most serious charges that you had there in front of you, there's an overt act that is taken by the suspect to actually perpetrate the the crime, I, I don't even know that I would use the term, term luring them. We basically um, just have to sit back and they'll come to us. They're, they're on the web every night looking for opportunities and potential victims. So it's just a matter of, of uh, us being at the right place uh, at the right time for us and the right place at the wrong time for them. Chief, clearly you're grotesquely understaffed if that's the case. Yeah, you, they, yeah, there's no government entity that could ever um, house or, or quite frankly, fund a, a, a group much larger than what we could um, for more days of the week than we're already doing it. It's one of those crimes that it's a, it's a target-rich environment in a very vulnerable population um, that continues to grow. And with that, the number of potential perpetrators seems to be growing right along with those other dynamics. Are you shocked when you see these suspects face to face, when you see them arrested? Does anything shock you at this point? Um, shocked? Probably not. Disgusted? Uh, yep, still still does that. So um, it's, I don't think much is shocking to us anymore if you've been working in this arena, but it, it never stops being offensive and, and tragic and very sad. 
And how difficult is it for the undercover officers who are having to engage in these conversations to get that perpetrator to the site so you can arrest them before they commit a crime? That's a very challenging job. Yeah, it's it's actually very uh, disturbing to observe and to uh, put yourself in their shoes um, when you watch these operations um, taking place. It's hard to fathom how the officers actually cope as well as they do and then have any kind of a normal life um, outside of that context where they're dealing with their uh, significant others, children, spouses, family, um, they are a very strong, resilient uh, group of he heroes, for sure. And certainly, again, you've touched upon that, the emotional toll it takes on them when they're exposed to this crime. How, how do you ever put that into one place? And, you know, we all know a tough day at work. It's almost laughable when you look at the work that is being achieved by law enforcement officials in this field and the images that they have to live with and the faces of those perpetrators, the predators that have committed this heinous crime on one of our most vulnerable in society. How, how do they stay on this job for any length of time? Yeah, that's, that's a question we ask ourselves every day and worry about. We do have a very robust officer wellness program here um, where they are, they, they see people and are observed and, and, have discussions to make sure they're doing okay um, and to make sure they're still strong and if they need breaks or, or any other type of intervention at any time we make that available to them but mostly it's a tribute to the men and women that, that do this and can do this for any period of time um, the other difficulty is it, it takes a while to get really good at this so it's not like you come in take this assignment and you're you hit the road running there's so much training and investment um, both by the agencies and the individuals, that if you don't keep them in there for at least a period of time, um, it's very difficult for them to come very, become very good at that uh, particular assignment. As the commander of the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force has said, any child with a cell phone really has a loaded weapon in their hands. Predators have access to your child. And as parents now, or family or relatives, or even friends or neighbors who suspect something is not right, please, please share with our listeners right now what we can be doing to help you ward off these heinous creatures who are trying to take advantage of our children. Yeah, the, the first thing parents can do or, or anybody in a position of responsibility can do is to keep close tabs on what uh, minors are doing on phones and on the Internet. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to confront um, the child and, and keep tabs as closely as you can. If you see anything out of the ordinary, um, there are various tip lines to call. Certainly the Attorney General's office um, will take those calls any day. Uh, night or day, and you can access our office through the website also and report those crimes. So we just ask that you, you stay vigilant and observing um, the minors in your lives and not being afraid to ask them questions and keep track of what they're doing and then anything out of the ordinary report. The other critical piece is education, um, and we do that through our office as well as other agencies in the schools all the way down to grade schools now to try to teach internet safety, and it, it's not a bad idea for parents to, to get involved in those classes. Unfortunately, for a lot of us, our kids are more proficient on the internet and with the various applications than we are as adults. 
Look at every app on that kid's phone. Know where they're going. Yep, that's absolutely critical. Great point. Um, okay, what about a, a relative, a family member that you suspect because of peculiar behaviors? Maybe they're spending too long online, too many hours, and then you see all of these encryptions and strange passwords, and you suspect criminal activity might be taking place. What do you do in that situation? Because if somebody is involved in this, they don't just get over it. Now, that if if it's somebody that you have a, a, an association with or a family member, obviously trying to confront them and get them help, that's a very difficult uh, scenario you brought up because if it's an adult, they have rights and protections even within their own homes as to their uh, devices and that type of thing. I think that always the best thing to do is raise the concern, confront the individual, ask them if they need help and try to get them that help. Um, if, if you believe that's what it need, they, they need. Chief, a predator's mind clearly operates very differently. They exploit children. They're able to do that to the very young, the very innocent. They're able to put it into a place, this horrendous crime, and then move on after committing these monstrous acts and act normally in society. It's really quite terrifying. It is, and that's why we find in this particular um, arena of crime, there's such a high recidivism rate. These predators, it's not a one-time type of crime or a crime of opportunity. They're predators. They're, it's a sickness, an obsession um, that they, they doesn't come and go. They have it, and um, it's very difficult to treat or reform a person with those um, tendencies, and they do prey on the very most vulnerable and least able to um, protect themselves and articulate uh, problems or concerns that they have. Um, and these people spend a lot of time becoming very good at grooming those individuals to put them in the situations they want them in where they can perpetrate their crime on them. Chief, you see the trauma on these children. I mean, I I can't imagine. How do, how do they ever get over something so horrific? Yeah, they they don't. Um, this is a scar they'll have for life. That's why it's it's actually hard for law enforcement to to hear the amount of dialogue and the number of chances that these predators need. That they need two, three, four chances. One chance may be too many when the victim is a three-year-old, eleven-year-old, thirteen-year-old. That victim and, and their family are not going to get another chance. They're going to live with this and deal with it um, for their life, and they didn't have a choice in the first place. Uh, the predator made choices. Um, the predator can seek help before he, he or she actually acts out on whatever the issue is. Um, so we would like to see the discussion going back to the victims and their families. Um, what's what's the damage being done to them and how long do they carry those scars as well as the officers that have to do this uh, every day. And lastly, we have about 10 seconds here, harsher penalties. Yes, um, yeah, we've, we've seen a tendency the last few years for at least debate about uh, making the penalties uh, more lenient and giving more chances uh, keeping predators out on the street and for law enforcement that's that's very disturbing and and again very tough debate to have my thanks to chief leo lucy with the utah attorney general's office for joining me abby bonnell on feedback thank you chief thank you very much 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.